Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast is proudly sponsored by The Terrace, the home of retro and fan culture sports merchandising. Check out their range of forest merch by visiting theterracestore.com or visit them on social media. The 1865 Match Report. Hello there and welcome to the 1865 Match Report. We are recording the morning after a snowy, windy, blustery, wet night at the Hawthorns where Forest came away with a single point, no goals in the match, but a red card, which was possibly the main talking point of the game. Uh, We'll be talking about this match in just a second, but just to let you know that Forrest did change their lineup to account for the injuries and suspensions. We know that Max Lowe is going to be out for a little while, and although Jordi Osei-Tutu is coming back to the city ground to resume his training, we're not there yet. So, Gaitan Bong, got his long-awaited chance in a forest shirt um, after about three months of basically being on the bench and and not really getting much of a sniff. Um, We also saw James Garner and Ryan Yates pair up in the middle of the park. Garner had had an impressive match in midweek, and uh, Yates came back to replace Brian Ojeda. And, of course, Jack Colback was suspended for a match following his red card against Luton. So 3-4-3, three, three, and we saw Brennan Johnson and Lewis Graben playing up front with Zinka Nagel just behind. Now, I'm joined by Stephen Topless. Um, Stephen, I think it's fair to say that just like the match against Luton, it wasn't massively high on quality, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the worst spectacle you've ever seen in terms of championship football, was it? No, there was plenty going on throughout the game, and I think both teams were trying to to make things happen um i think from the the forest point of view they there was a good blend of disciplined defending but also the uh, good counter attacking and and trying to be a threat going forward whilst being solid at the back and i think that did help make for a good game um and Players like Brennan Johnson were, I, th- I thought, were, were a threat throughout with that pace and 
that direct running from him causing West Brom problems. Um, I think the only thing for Forrest really was the, the clear-cut chances. It's the one thing that we were really missing was testing Sam Johnston and getting some some shots and attempts on target. We didn't really do that often enough. And while it was good to be able to keep a clean sheet against one of the promotion favourites this season, looking back, you might think now that game there was potentially winnable for Forrest with, uh, with a bit more attacking threat in terms of chances and shots on target. We might have got something from it a bit more than a point. Mm. Um, worth pointing out, I think Steve Cooper would would agree with you on that. I think uh, now wasn't a bad time to be playing West Brom. Although they're third in the table, they are lagging behind the top two. And scoring goals has been a real big problem for them. And that's why the West Brom fans are not particularly happy with Valerian Ishmael. Now, just to skip to the end of the match for a second, I think it, it spoke volumes about the fact that Jordan Hugill had what was probably the most clear-cut chance of the night, um, right as we approach stoppage time. Um, West Brom were down to 10 men, but Forrest just... Hugill managed to get a yard of space, but um, he and Worrell had tangled in the lead-up to that moment, led to Worrell going down, and Hugill never quite regained his balance or his composure, and he ended up um, lofting it over from about uh, 15 yards out. And... It says a lot, the fact that, firstly, quite a lot of uh, Baggies fans had already started leaving the ground. And secondly, the response from the crowd, which you could hear on the TV, um, was was overwhelmingly negative. There were boos, there was jeering. And I don't know if that was at Hugel in particular, but the fact that West Brom have been so toothless. Um, so in that sense, we got away with one. It's also worth pointing out that Brie Samba, made what was probably the only kind of notable save in the entire match. And that was in the first half where uh, Grady Diangana had cut inside and with a zippy surface, Samba made a good save down to his left. It wasn't a great save because he ended up pushing it back into the danger zone, but somehow we managed to clear it. Um, and then uh, Valerian Ishmael also said uh, afterwards, well, Carlin Grant. He kind of cut inside and had an effort. There's also another um, uh, attempt on goal, which came from uh, Darnell Furlong in the first half. Now, that one I want to talk about because that was notable because Grant got down the left-hand side, their left, our right. And in the first half, Grant and Joe Worrell was a good duel. And then along with Connor Townsend at left wing back for them, and Matt Clark getting forward from left-sided centre-half. West Brom were exploiting those spaces in behind the Forest wing-backs and to the sides of the centre-halves, and they're putting a lot of balls into the so-called corridor of uncertainty. Uh, but there was never anyone there to take advantage. So, Stephen, do you think that was something that Forrest took into account, Steve Cooper took into account, which is that, OK, it's not the end of the world if they get in down there because they're not very good at getting into the box and converting. That's a uh, an interesting take because, and actually one I would agree with, because by allowing them to come forward in that way, you're then opening up the space to go back at them on the counter. And I think with Brennan almost coming down our right-hand side and, and um, 
counter-attacking on what would be their left-hand side. I think that was quite an interesting duel there as well to basically go straight back at them, knowing that they probably won't be creating the kind of chances and putting them away. And they're leaving themselves open so you can go straight back up, get the ball to Brennan and players down the right-hand side. Spence, who again was was very good, and just go straight back at them and cause them problems. It's an interesting take, but when you look at the, the the goals or lack of that West Brom is scoring, it's almost a risk worth taking. Mm. And the 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 Hugo chance is an example there of a striker who's come on, and this is supposed to be a you know a, a Premier League team last season has come on and and fluffed a chance which really needed one more touch and a slot into the bottom corner. So I can understand in why. West Brom fans are frustrated to a degree watching that kind of that toothless finishing in in attack, but then they're third in the table, and it's it, it's strange to see a team going for promotion with swathes of empty seats and and fans walking out with five minutes to go, unless the weather did play a part in that because it was getting a bit mad uh, towards the end of the game with rain and sleep moving sideways and the wind really coming down. But actually, I wonder if that made for quite a quite a good finish. Certainly from Forrest's point of view, we we put the pressure on in the last 10 minutes, last 10 minutes, aided, of course, by the the red card for, for West Brom. So mm. overall it was it was a very strange game, I thought. There was a lot going on that that uh it, it didn't feel like a conventional championship game in some ways. Yeah. I, I would say that firstly, a big shout out to Tom Newton of our podcast, who was there and um, who reports that he managed to stay toasty warm. Um, the other thing that I have to say did cross my mind was the potential specter of um, what the weather was like on that blizzard night uh, back in January, 2010, when Forrest had their famous, 3 1 uh, victory with that famous goal by Raddy Majewski. Um, I'd say that thought did cross my mind once or twice. Now, Stephen, you talked about this on our podcast in, a, in, a, in one of our Magic Moments uh, episodes. Um, did that thought cross your mind as well? Yeah, I was hoping that somebody coming in at the back post to slam in a cross off the crossbar and, you know, and, and give us that kind of victory to really kick, kick off the season and, and get you dreaming. I mean, I'm quite surprised that you say that that Forrest offered a threat because I thought actually in the final third for a basically for most of the match, probably about 60 minutes of the match, I was a bit disappointed in terms of what Forrest offered going forward. And that isn't necessarily a reflection upon the performance of the front three, but I would say it does show that Forrest and Steve Cooper alluded to this in his post-match interview. Forrest Pritt maybe could have done a little bit more, been a little bit more incisive coming from the back and through the midfield. In that sense, I actually think we missed Jack Colback a little bit because Colback is in the kind of form where he is able to, to help the ball transition forward and using the fullbacks as well. Um, so Yates had a decent match. James Garner, I thought, had a really good match um, once again. Um, but uh, yeah. Garner's a lot of Garner's most notable work was him doing that kind of defensive shielding and particularly dare I say it to rescue Gaten Bong a couple of times as well um so I mean would you agree do you think do you think Colback is probably going to be a shoe in to come back into the team next match 
Yeah, I think he will be. He's he's become a real pivotal player in that in that system. Um, if we if we're playing with the 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 three centre backs, uh, and quite often that means two in midfield. Colback's got the ability to to as you say transition the ball, but also do uh, but also get forward and also provide a bit more attack wise as well. He's got the ability to to come forward a bit and and be more than just a stopper in that in that role. So I think we did miss him and it would have been good to have had that experience on the pitch last night and he he might have potentially helped us take something more than a point from yeah. the game. I think I think from the forest point of view attack wise I don't think it was a lack of effort or anything and I think yeah there were moments where we had West Brom perhaps uh, perhaps a little bit worried, but yeah, the quality wasn't there to 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 get a goal and even really test the goalkeeper and and that's a shame because I I don't think that you'll be able to go to West Brom very often and have an opportunity to to beat them on their own pitch like that this season. I, even though they've had their struggles at home, that. They they haven't been giving away a lot in terms of points. It's just they haven't been able to to win games off their own back. So, yeah, I think it it would have been nice to have got an extra three points. And the thing is for for Forest as well, we've drawn quite a few games recently. It's it's good that we're not losing, but if we want to to catch the teams above us, we we do need to turn some of those points into wins. And in the last couple of weeks, we've not been able to do that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And actually, although Forrest um, held their place in the table last night, if depending upon results elsewhere over the weekend, it could see Forrest drop down the table. Now, I'm not worried about that because, um, you know, the table is just an indicator at this stage and it's a sign of how tight the division is. Um, the consistency issue is something that is... Um, more heartening as we've discussed before which is that Forest have only lost the one game and and you know you look at, you look at it historically and in context and it's basically it's a freak defeat against Fulham whereby Fulham came and they took every chance they had in fact I think if I remember rightly Fulham had three shots and scored four goals so you know that that maybe says a lot about that particular game but Forest got out of the losing habit which they were very much in at the start of the, at the start of the season what was disappointing is that, as you said, Sam Johnson only had one save to make, and that was from Brennan Johnson on the break. The ball hit Matt Clark's heel and bounced up, and that's why it ended up looking like a save for the cameras, really. Um, I think Johnston made the most of making sure he pushed that away. Um, it's not to say we weren't threatening, but we didn't have those clear sights of goal for the most part. Now... A couple of things uh, that I wanted to just very quickly ask you. Um, first one is, with regard to going three at the back, how much do you think that was an attempt by Cooper to match up West Brom and to kind of nullify them on home turf? And how much do you think that was down to the fact that Gaitan Bong was playing and you wanted to protect that, provide a little bit more defensive security when you're playing someone who's very much not your first choice fullback? I think it's a bit of both, really. If you look at um, the formations or the, the tactics used in the last couple of games, we've had uh, a 4-2-3-1 formation. I wonder if, if Cooper doesn't quite trust Bong 
as much in that formation because he can be a bit more exposed. Whereas in the in the back three, you've got players behind. You've got, say, McKenna pushing out to the left-hand side. You've then had Garner last night doing the same thing, offering support and a bit of protection for Bong. Um, so I think that has played a, played a part in it. And Bong isn't able to get up and down the pitch like Max Lowe can in that, le- that wing-back position. So, yeah, we are, we are missing that dynamic fullback in, in in regards to Max Lowe or a player of his ilk. Um, I did think there was a, an element of matching up with West Brom as well. Because if you look at their team, there is a lot of quality in there. And this is a side that was that were playing Premier League football last season. So I think they still have that that quality in their team to hurt, to hurt the opposition. And perhaps it was given the fact that several personnel were missing and it was away at West Brom that maybe just going with that three at the back gave us a bit more security and, and made for a more solid performance. Mm. Uh, let's talk about uh, personnel um, and let's talk about, um, you know, we're talking about personnel, we're talking about formations. Um, when, West Brom went down to 10 men. Um, I, I'm assuming this is a planned substitution anyway, because on 60 minutes, Joe Lolly came on and replaced Zinconagel. And I thought that that was an obvious substitution to make because it helped to um, add a little bit of pace going up front that maybe Zinconagel doesn't offer. And Lolly did offer a slightly different threat because, you know, difficult night weather-wise, West Brom were looking a little bit flat-footed. And then when the red card came 10 minutes later, um, again, it looked like a planned substitution. Alex Martin came on for Toby Figueredo. And in those instances, to be honest, I prefer, from what I've seen this season, I prefer Forrest playing 3-4-3 and then having the option to go to 4-2-3-1. And that almost paid dividends, didn't it? Because as you'd expect against 10 men, Forrest had the lion's share of possession, um, but also having those extra forwards on the pitch seemed, seemed, to, seemed to be quite effective, even, as say, if the clear-cut chances still weren't quite coming. Yeah, it was. It, it allowed Forrest to pin West Brom back in their own half and, and, and also keep turning the ball over. So when West Brom were we're clearing it. Forrest were in a position high up the pitch to get the ball back, get it back to Mighton and, and, and these attacking players and Lolly and keep the ball moving and keep trying to, to find the opening. And in the end, we just couldn't quite get the chance. I think there was one which Lewis Graben had a, had a shot in the box and it was well defended by Matt Clark. And it, those moments where the ball just wasn't quite dropping into the right position for us to, to get that shot on goal and uh, and potentially score, but I think it's um, while that was good, Forest the way that they attacked and, and they kept the pressure on in those in those last fifteen minutes, you probably did see there that we it would be good to have more options, certainly uh, striker wise, to come on and just offer a different dynamic when we are trying to unlock a team like that and and also trying to to keep the momentum on and and ultimately score a goal. So um, Cooper alluded to it in his post-match interview that the team probably should have done more in terms of creating chances and, and trying to put them away. So with January now only a month away, I wonder if that's something that he'll be 
really looking to to reinforce come come the transfer window. Yeah, yeah, I guess we wait and see on that. And it is worth pointing out, Lewis Graben, once again, he had one of those matches where he actually played very well, but the, the, he wasn't given that chance to uh, to kind of have clear-cut chances. Um, that one that you mentioned, I did say um, uh, to the good lady wife that he, he's exactly the person you wanted it to fall to. But as a, as a Valerian Ishmael team, as you'd expect, they got men back and and sort of defended very solidly in those, you know, with lots of bodies in the box, which is what you'd expect. There's also a moment right at the death where uh, Joe Worrell put in an absolute peach of a cross. And if Lewis Graben was, you know, had legs which were two inches longer, then you never know what would have happened. But as it was, it just skimmed past him. Um, So um, just a word about the red card for West Brom. If you're a West Brom fan, surely you can't have any complaints about that, can you? No, it was two silly offences, wasn't it really, uh, from Jason Malumbi. Uh The first one was basically a rugby tackle on James Garner as we're trying to break up field and uh, grabs him and pulls him down. Yeah, it's a yellow card. It's 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 a silly one really. But and then the the actual second yellow, it, he's off the floor as he goes in. He looks he looks out of control as he goes in for the tackle and. I think you can't really have too many complaints about that one. In real time, I thought it was a straight red, actually. But um, looking at the replays, I think a yellow was fair. Yeah. And given the, na- given the nature, he'd already picked up a yellow card. And you can, you can argue the toss on that one, whether it's, it's, what, it's taking one for the team, which it is, but then it's led to him being sent off 10 minutes later. They're, they're, they're funny ones, those tackles, because I almost feel like they should be punished more heavily um, I was going to come that on kind to of this. cynical yeah and maybe I'm still not over Chiellini on Saka at the Euros but it's <laughs> that kind of it feels like it should be punished more heavily but yeah. then the yellow card does suffice it's a it's a weird balance yeah I mean let's let's point out that it's a it's a refreshing change that our conversation following a forest match or any match in the championship isn't dominated by talk about the referee um, and that's a refreshing change and something that I welcome. But it's something that, given what we've seen in the last in the last couple of weeks in the championship, I think that there is an issue about consistency. So we saw Jack Colback probably deservedly giving away a penalty against Luton, and I have no complaints with that. But of course, the complaint is, well, if you give one of those every match, you'll be giving them all the time. Well, you know what? In that case, give them all the time. But that same week on the um, highlights show on Quest, we've saw, seen about three others where exactly the same thing has happened and no penalty is given. So you wonder what the referee's directive is. Those quest, those um, challenges that you've mentioned, which are, you know, the Chiellini on Saka style, I'm still over Stefan Johansson on Alex Mighton uh, about three weeks ago <laughs> because there's no attempt to play the ball. It was purely an attempt to take out the player in, in what I think is a dangerous way. But the ref doesn't really have the power to give a red card, except he did for Ryan Woods um, in Birmingham's match in midweek. And so the ref gets pelters for giving a red in that. All we want is consistency. All you want is to know what the ref is actually going to do. And that doesn't happen. Anyway, this is my rant over. And that's this match report over. So the next match for Forest is at home to Peterborough in a week's time. Obviously, we will be covering that. Um, I mean, my my take on this is Forrest did put in a creditable performance. They should have done more in the final third. 
But once again, if you take it as a comparison of where we were to where we are, you know, we can compete with one of the big boys in the championship. So I think there's a lot to be positive about. And to any Forest fans, don't worry too much about the table. Let's worry about that in the new year. Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.